Chapter three of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part three, by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter three. London from April till September, eighteen twenty two. Monsieur de Malesherbes' opinion on the emigration. It was a great gratification to me again to meet M. de Malesherbes, and to talk to him about my former plans. I entered into the details of a journey which I intended should occupy nine years. Previously, however, I would make a hurried visit to Germany. I would hasten to the army of the princes, then return to crush the revolution. All this was to be accomplished in two or three months, and I would then hoist my sail and return to the new world, freed from a revolution and having got a wife. And yet my zeal outran my faith. I felt persuaded that emigration was a great folly. Like Pelodet, every way, says Montaigne, with the Ghibelin, I was Guelph, with the Guelph, Ghibelin. My slight attachment to absolute monarchy prevented me from acting under any illusion in the determination to which I came. I had some scruples, and although I was resolved to sacrifice myself for what I looked upon as a point of honour, yet I wished to have the opinion of M. de Malesherbes on the emigration question. I found him very much excited. The crimes perpetrated before his eyes had destroyed the political toleration of this friend of Rousseau. Between the executioners and their victims he did not hesitate which side to take. He thought that anything would be better than the then existing state of affairs, and in my particular case he said that no man wearing a sword could dispense with joining the brothers of his king, oppressed and delivered up to his enemies. He quite approved of my return from America, and urged my brother to set out with me. I stated the usual objections about the alliance with foreigners, the interests of one's native country, etc., etc. He answered them, and passing from general reasons to particular details, cited several embarrassing examples. He recalled to my memory the Guelphs and Ghibellins, strengthening their several parties by the troops of the Emperor and the Pope, and in England the barons taking up arms against John Lackland, and to conclude he instanced in our own times the Republic of the United States imploring the assistance of France. Thus we see, continued M. de Malesherbes, that men, the most devoted friends of liberty and philosophy, who were Republicans and Protestants, saw no culpability in borrowing such aid as might give the victory to their party. Without our gold, our ships and soldiers, would the new world be now emancipated? I myself, who now address you, did I not, in 1776, receive Franklin, who came to renew the negotiations begun by Silas Dean, and yet Franklin was no traitor. Was the liberation of America less honourable because it had been aided and assisted by Lafayette and French grenadiers? Every government which, instead of guaranteeing the fundamental laws of society, transgresses itself the laws of equity and the rules of justice, by so doing ceases to exist, and restores man to the state of nature. Self-defence is then allowable. It is lawful to have recourse to such means as seem most proper for the overthrow of tyranny, and re-establishing the rights of each and of all. The principles of natural justice, advanced by the greatest civilians, developed by such a man as M. de Malesherbes, and supported by numerous historical examples, struck my mind, but without convincing me. In yielding to them, I in reality was guided merely by the feelings natural to my age, and the punctilios of honour. To these instances given by M. de Malesherbes, I shall add a few of more recent date. During the war in Spain, in 1823, the Republican French party embraced the cause of the Cortes, 
and felt no scruple about bearing arms against their country in eighteen thirty and eighteen thirty one the poles and the italian constitutional party solicited assistance from france and the portuguese of the chartres invaded their native land with the money and troops of the foreigner we have two standards of weight and measure we approve in relation to one idea one system one interest one man what we blame in relation to another idea another system another interest another man End of chapter 3